Welcome, and thank you for joining us for Heart for Iran's webinar series, where each month we speak with one of our partners who has the same passion and heart for Iran as we do. Join us with our special guest, Gilbert Hofsepian, founder of Send Me Out Ministries, as we talk about the brutal murder of his father, Reverend Hike Hofsepian, by Islamic extremists and the work God did in his heart to forgive them and launch him into a global ministry that teaches people about the love of Jesus Christ. Hello, good morning, and welcome to Heart Ron's uh, January 2021 webinar. We are super excited to be here. We have a great uh, topic today, great guest, and uh, it's good to be in a new year. I just want to start us off by saying, you know, 2021, I mean, 2020 was just a really interesting year all the way around. I know a lot of people have suffered as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, virus and, and it's impacted so many families. Uh, but, you know, we have been saying all along that God is still at work. And 2020 actually turned out to be one of our best ministry years uh, to date. We have more contacts from inside of Iran, more salvations than ever before, uh, and more Bibles distributed than ever before. And so even though it was a terrible time in so many ways. Uh, God was still at work and we saw so many miracles and so many interesting things happen. And so we're just excited to be back with you again in 2021 to see what God is going to do this year. And to do that, I've got uh, with me today, my co-host, uh, Mike, as normal. And uh, we're going to be introducing a really important uh, guest with us uh, that we we're so excited to have with you. And uh, as always, we're excited to be here. So, Mike, uh, welcome and excited to be back in 2021 with you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, greetings to everybody, guys. I hope that you are blessed and are feeling safe and secure. And we pray that God's joy will be in your heart. Uh, as, as my co-host uh, David shared with you guys, 2020 was, uh, was a gut punch for most of us. 2021, we're praying that it will be better. Now, in our ministry, uh, 2021, we de have designated this year to be the year that we call light to the nation. So uh, right. this year, this, this entire year, every single month, Heart for Iran is going to have a webinar for you guys, just like we did last year. And our goal is to be able to share a light to the nations, or, uh, celebrate a light to the nations. We are going to introduce some really key, amazing players that you may not have heard about, but they, yet they are standing in a gap and, and, and ministering to others. So it's a pleasure to be with you guys. And I just want to say welcome. We have a great program lined up for you. This program is live, meaning that we want to hear back from you guys. So be sure to interact. Ask your questions and share your comments, and we'll be able to bring those on air live. Back to you, David. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, so, yeah, everyone that's watching on Facebook Live, YouTube, um, Vimeo, all of those are going out live. And then, of course, we will have this repeated where you can watch this on demand uh, later through our website, heartfreeron.com. Uh, today, we're going to get into some really interesting discussion with one of our ministry partners. As you guys know, we have over 100 ministry partners that work together with us uh, to accomplish the work in Iran. Iran, one of the fastest growing churches in the world, as we say over and over again, and God is just moving there. And that all happens, you know, of course, as a work, his sovereign work, but also through these ministry partners that we work with. And so today uh, we're going to be introducing Gilbert Hosepian to you uh, with Send Me Out Ministries. So, Mike, you want to talk a little bit about Send Me yeah. Out and our relationship with Gilbert over the years? Let me start with a bigger picture. For you, for those of you guys who are watching this program for the first time or you have joined us, uh, and you may not know much about what is going on in Iran. Iran uh, in the Middle East happens to be one of, one of the top 10 countries that is most dangerous to be a follower of Christ. In fact, Open Doors International on their watch list for 2021 ranked Iran as the eighth most dangerous place to be follower of Christ. Now, uh, despite this, the church in Iran is growing extremely fast, exponentially. And a lot of Iranian Muslims are turning to Christianity. This is a phenomenon that, according to some organizations, they're saying Iran's underground church is among the fastest growing churches. This phenomenon that we've seen is probably due because of different things. 
Well, uh, first and foremost, the fact that God's grace is there and God's uh, accomplishing his great commission in the difficult areas like Iran. Now, in Iran, um, just to give you some understanding, in January of this year, Iranian uh, government authorities, they denied persecution of Christians. They just flat out denied it. That's after six members of senior members of UN uh, rights experts uh, called Iran on the violation of human rights and religious freedom. And basically they called the house churches enemy groups. These are house churches that have connected with us, with our ministry, Heart for Iran, with our, our ministry partners, families, but they're being labeled as enemy group and they are being actively persecuted in the country of Iran. Case in point, I wanted to share with you about a young lady. This is uh, brand new, uh, fresh news uh, off the press. Uh, there's a young um, Iranian Christian convert named Fatima Mary Mohammadi, um, uh, who has been uh, arrested uh, she, she was arrested about a year ago when there was an uprising in Iran, and uh, uh, she has been arrested again, uh, this time allegedly for having improper hijab or covering. Uh, but she, in the time that she was uh, released, uh, she was stripped from the right of being able to gain any kind of employment in the country of Iran. So the persecution is very much alive. But uh, we could trace this back historically to a, to a long time ago. Iran has always been uh, dealing with persecution. But one of the most um, prominent cases of persecution that took place in Iranian Christian contemporary history um, was that that happened roughly around 30, 40 years ago, uh, 35, 40 years ago. And that was when Iranian, uh, at the beginning of Iranian revolution, Iranian government started attacking and assassinating and murdering Christian leaders inside the country of Iran. A story that some of you guys may not have heard. And today we have with us an amazing and, and a precious friend of ours, friend of our ministry and, and a great minister, uh, our brother Gilbert Hosepi. Gilbert, I want to welcome you to, to Heart for Iran's webinar. This program, again, folks, is live. live love to hear your interaction. Uh, Gilbert um, and his family were among uh, one of the uh, first and foremost families that uh, tasted the bitter taste hmm. of persecution. And um, their father, Reverend Heiko Sipian, was martyred by the Iranian uh, regime. Uh, so today we do have a Gilbert. We want to talk about uh, a little bit about uh, the story, the past, what happened. Maybe Gilbert can unfold of, of what happened in the past with this. And then what God is doing now, because we want you to get excited, because off of that, God has set a beautiful story for all of us that we're going to talk about today. So I would like, without any further ado, welcome my wonderful friend, Gilbert Horsepian. Gilbert, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with you. And it is always exciting to have you. So, Gilbert, <laughs> uh, how are you doing? How's everything going? Let's just start with that, right off the bat. <laughs> well, as you said, 2020 was not that fun. <laughs> but, Tell us again. Uh, 2020 was not that fun of a year, and we had some issues and all the plannings that we had for ministry, family, everything got mixed up. But as also you mentioned in 2020, Send Me Out Ministries also got the greatest results ever. And wow. God did amazing things. And I think that's God's method. Romans 8, 28. He uses the bad things and gets something good out of it, which is a miracle by itself. So I'm very thankful. Amen. Uh, for well, who he is. <laughs> Welcome to Heart for Iran program, and we're excited to have you here. Um, with my friend's permission, I want to start with the first question. Uh, Gilbert, okay. can you share with our audience briefly um, the, the story, the story, how you ended up being where you are and uh, what your family had to, had to endure and go through? So those people who don't know the story will be able to also get to know you and, and, and the price that your family has paid. Well, I, I have shared my testimony in more than 200 American churches, and always the pastor says, Gilbert, there's a clock on the wall. And I always tell him that clock doesn't work for me. Put a calendar, because it takes days. <laughs> but if I want to share my story in two, three minutes, I'll go to the short version, and that is uh, my father, uh, who was Armenian. I'm Armenian from Iran. There are, uh, right now, I think, 25, 30,000 Armenians in, in the whole country of Iran, among 80 million, so very minority group. Uh, most of them are just nominal Christians, but my father, when he was a teenager, he came to Christ, 
and his life was transformed completely. And from very early age, he knew that he has a calling to share the powerful message of the gospel with non-Armenians. And even though at that time we didn't have churches, Persian churches, my father was one of the first ones. And uh, even though he knew that there's a price to pay, but he was saying that's the gospel. There is a price to pay to follow. The price has been paid for us to be saved, but from salvation and on we pay the price. And he was ready to pay the price. Uh, so I was born in this privileged family, just like Joseph in the Old Testament. I connect with Joseph a lot, but I was also born in this privileged family. My father was sharing the gospel with Persians. Because of that, he would go into a lot of interrogation. He would get into trouble, and they would hold him for uh, a while. Sometimes they would give him trouble, but he was joyful doing that. During his uh, ministry time, many, many came to Christ. Many were trained. We had many pastors. But by the time I was 17 years old, some of those pastors were killed. And when I was 17 years old, just like Joseph, who was thrown into the pit when he was 17, when I was 17, I was thrown into the pit because my father one day left the house and didn't come back. We could not find him anywhere. Hmm. After 12 days, we found his body 26 times stabbed. Huh? to death. Wow. So you can imagine what we went through, or maybe you can't, I don't know. It was, a, it was like a hell on earth. It was very, very hard. Yes, the grace of God was there, the church was there, uh, but it was definitely extremely hard because uh, the persecution continued, and a year later, when I was 18 years old, I had to go to the military service for two years, which is not optional in Iran. So I went there from day one. They said, we know who you are. Your dad was an American spy, and we killed him. And if you talk about him, or if you talk about this Jesus, we'll kill you as well. Because every year in military service, they are allowed to have 10 people be killed by accident. And wow. they clearly said that you will be one of those 10 by accident. You will be killed. And the, it was very clear communication. But of course, you can imagine I was full of uh, not only hatred constantly, but also full of fear. I'm a fearful person by default. So I was very afraid and not out of love or obedience, but out of revenge, I would share the gospel with many. And yes, many came to Christ in those two years. Uh, many, many came to Christ, in fact, but it was not out of love. It was just out of revenge because I could not do anything bad to those people, mm. but I could take a revenge by sharing the gospel. And when they would become a Christian, that would be my revenge. Well, it was the wrong motivation, but even God uses wrong motivation for good, uh, which some of them up to this day were friends and actually some of the ministry partners in Iran. But anyways, um, because of that, I got into trouble and I haven't counted, but I don't know, many, many times I was beaten so bad. Mm. Uh, one time in front of our house group church, I was beaten in the street. I was just protecting my head not to die, but four people, well, three of them were kicking me and hitting me. The driver was not doing anything. And then uh, I also experienced prison time, three months of prison time, which they gave me a lot of hard time. So, you know, all of these things was causing me to uh, have more hatred uh, towards Muslims and not only Muslims necessarily, even towards Persians that are not Muslims. Because even at that time, we had some people who were Persian, even some church people um, who were believers, but I didn't like them. In fact, I changed my home church. I went to an Armenian church because I didn't even like the Persian Christians because I was like, I don't have a father because of these people. If my dad stayed among Armenians, I would have him. But now all of these troubles because of Persians. And I didn't have a passion or a vision or a calling at that time. I just knew that I've been called for ministry. I just didn't know how, but I was sure that it will not be among Iranians. It will be for another nation, maybe for Armenians or Syrians, whatever, something, but definitely not Persians because I definitely didn't like them at all. But there is always a but. God, <laughs> God had a different plan. And... Amen. Um, and he, when I was in prison one time, I was beaten. I was, my mm. upper part was bruised, the upper body. And I was in a lot of pain. And they said, you're unclean. And 
you can't eat with us for so for three days they didn't give me food i was very hungry and you know how when you're hungry you're kind of weird and i was just uh, mad not at god because i knew that uh, this is what i've signed up for if i said i want to follow jesus there's a price to pay i have to take my cross all those things i knew i was raised in a church i was a pk pastor's kid but uh in that troubled time I was clinging to God, saying, God, please help me. What do I do? I mean, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't take pain and all these things. And over there, I felt that God was speaking to my heart, saying, you need to forgive so that you would go to the next level, so that you would be able to move on from this point on. And I said, God, I, even if I want to, I can't forgive. I just can't. So help me. It was not an overnight answer, but maybe after a couple of months, I came to a point that I was able to forgive, even though still the hitting, the beating, the bad things were continuing, even in worse forms. But God, His grace is amazing. I mean, when there's persecution, there's grace. When there's more persecution, there's more grace. And I experienced more grace. I have so many stories of more grace. Some of them turned into English songs, which is my English album. But anyways... Uh, I started to be able to pray for my enemies and forgive them. And I didn't have this hatred in me anymore. Shortly after that, God turned that hatred into love. And I felt that this is my calling. This is my passion. I love Persians. I love Iran and Iranians. I love these Muslims. They don't know what they're doing. They think this is the right thing. If I was born in such a family, maybe I would be a persecutor. I don't know. Uh, so my heart, my everything changed. And I felt that God has just chosen me for a specific cause and a purpose. And since then, I started to share the gospel with the right motivation. Then I came, of course, to America and I joined Mohabbat TV Heart for Iran. And it's been years that I share the gospel and then started sending me out ministries. And it's been continuing. God is doing amazing things beyond my understanding. If at that wow. time you would say, Gilbert, you would be an evangelist. Among Iranians, I would laugh. I would say this is a joke, but God is doing that exact same thing. Wow. Wow. Gilbert, that is such an amazing story. And I, I've wanted to interrupt and ask questions throughout about it. I didn't want to stop you because <laughs> it's beautiful to just hear from beginning to end how your life has changed. And I know that must have been such a difficult, difficult situation that you were in. Uh, but yeah then look at the beauty that's come out of it. So, wow, it's, it's uh, just an amazing story. I want to go back to the beginning of your story. When you talked about your dad's ministry, um, you know, we talk about this all the time, how, you know, you're not allowed to have uh, Persian churches in Iran right now, you know, Muslim background believers that's uh, not allowed. There are no churches like that right now. Um, but back in those days, you know, when your dad's ministry uh, was happening and you were just a kid and you were seeing all this, I just w wonder if you could maybe take us back into that time. And what was it like being a kid in those churches? And, and what was that ministry like for your dad? Was he traveling around the nation? Was he able to preach openly uh, with Muslims? What was that time like uh, in Iranian story? Yes, I feel that I have lived in the book of Acts. That's exactly how it was. In the book of Acts, there are three points that mentions, which was the cause of the growth of the church. One was prayer, one was teaching, one was giving, helping. And I saw that happening because church for us was not Sunday and Friday. Church was every day. And all the church members, people, groups, friends, we were together at different houses every single day. And it was not like, oh, we're going to prayer meeting. No, when we got together, it was a prayer meeting because as Christians, we would pray together, we would share. And that's the reason that God was doing supernatural things through natural people like my father. Uh, through natural, he was doing supernatural. We had a lot of people who would come to Christ through visions, dreams, lots of healings were happening. And the church believed in all of those. That's the thing that sometimes I miss because I'm in that group also. Sometimes we've, I don't know, in the West especially, everything has become so logical. And if logically it does not make sense, we don't even pray about it. So many times I have prayed for people, but 
from the beginning of the prayer, I don't even believe that the guy will be healed. But still I pray because I just have to do it. But in Iran, it was not like that. Uh, they truly believed in a God who can do supernatural, amazing things. And that's why God was doing those things, because they believed. So I, I, I was raised in such a family of uh, God, church, and my family, which every day we had prayer. So for me, it was very easy to come to Christ. When I was a teenager, of course, I decided that I really want to follow Jesus. But I can't say that. I stepped into Christ. I kind of slided into Christ. <laughs> it was little by little because yeah. I was grown in that situation. But it was just exciting. Uh, at that time also, I didn't understand the pain part of it because I was a kid and my dad would not share those things. But we had some pastors that were killed. And I, starting my teenage years, I started to realize that it's not necessarily fun following Jesus. There is pain involved, but it's worth it. Jesus never said it's easy to follow me. He said it's worth it. That's why we yeah, Amen. Well, I want to go ahead and again, for those people who are watching this program, uh, thank you again for joining us. This program is being broadcasted live uh, on Vimeo, on, on Facebook, and uh, on, on YouTube and other channels. Uh, we want to invite you to please share your questions with us uh, as we are live. Um, and uh, Gilder, before I go to the next question, a, a comment just came in from a viewer who is watching this program live, and they wanted to share something with you. Just imagine, just listen to this. I think it would bless you. It says, Dear Gilbert, um, your dear father, Haik Hosepian, was with us at a small consultation in Kenya mm -hmm. in autumn of 1993. Just a few months before he was martyred, he shared with us about the plight of Mehdi Dibaj, who at the time was waiting for his verdict. How wonderful to see and hear you. This is something that just oh. right now, this is just a few minutes ago from one of our viewers, just to bless you, just to uh, share with you that the, the price oh. that was paid by your father and other martyrs, Mehdi Dibaj and others, uh, it, it is bearing fruit. Now let's talk about, because our time is limited, we want to dive into other topics here. Let's talk about your ministry, Send Me Out Ministries. You started this ministry some time ago. We all know that the, 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 your ministry is based on uh, mostly music and worship. That's a gifting that God has given you. But God has given you more. And recently, especially in 2020, God gave you guys a new burden. Can you just take our audience through the journey of what it is that you guys are doing and also touch on what you guys have been doing in Turkey? Yes, um, maybe I will start with Isaiah chapter 6 and a short devotional. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah goes through these six points. Point number one is that Isaiah saw God. He saw God's greatness and glory. Then he saw himself, which is usually what happens. Just like Peter, when he saw a miracle that Jesus performed, all of a sudden he's like, get away from me. I am a sinful man. So when we see God's greatness, we see our smallness and our weakness. And point number one is Isaiah saw God, then he saw himself, then he was cleansed. Then he heard God. God said, who will go for me? Then number five, uh, he said, I will go. Send me out. I will go. Number six, he went. So send me out ministries. We are uh, focusing on point number one and point number four. Point number one is Isaiah saw God. We're trying to find ways to reveal God, to show God, so that... so that they would be able to uh, know who God is. We do this through evangelistic concerts, through songs, through music videos, through evangelistic meetings on TV, social media, different forms. And then automatically they will see themselves. They will be cleansed. That's repentance. <clears throat> and also we focus on number four also because there are so many believers around the world, both in uh, Middle East and in the West, that even though they are saved, even though they saw God, even though they saw themselves, even though they were cleansed, but they just stay there. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> But we're trying to, uh, through Send Me Out Ministries, we're trying to motivate, inspire, train, encourage them to go to a deeper knowledge of God, to be able to have a vision, have a calling, to know what they have been called for, what is it that God wants them to do. 
And uh, we do that through training, uh, through, again, songs, uh, through teachings, and sharing inspiring stories, testimonies. So it's a worship ministry, teaching, preaching, and training ministry. And we have a team in Iran. We have 12 people that are basically full-time from uh, morning to night. All they do is to go to people in streets, and they talk to them. Uh, they try to hear their pain, and then they are offering an answer, and Jesus is the answer. They don't jump into it quickly. They try to make friendships, which is the reason that we have, I don't know, I don't want to go into the numbers and make the same mistakes that uh, make mistake that David did. But we have hundreds of people uh, that have come to Christ through these. And then we have a team in Turkey, 10 people <clears throat> in Turkey that are doing the same thing that um, the Turkey one we started when the COVID started, actually. And uh, we decided to have these packages with basic necessities and a Bible inside of it. And people would take these to Iranians, uh, needy Iranians and Afghans, uh, and some Tajiks, but very few of them there, but mainly Afghans, Iranians. And uh, we have done 850 boxes so far. Wow. And they give these boxes to these individuals, and then they talk to them. They say, hey, this is a gift from the church to you, but let me talk to you about another gift, the greatest gift that God has given us. And because they have received the gift, they, their ears are open to hear about this other gift, whatever that is. And that's the reason that we've had hundreds of people come uh, to both Christ and to church. Some of them are in church, are not in Christ, but it's a process for some of them. But it's it's been something that I never thought that so God would do. It's underground church, right? The same church that the Iranian mm -hmm. government is the enemy of people. So you're saying that they're they're not enemies. They actually go there to offer help to people, and they're misunderstood, right? I just want to make sure yeah. that. Yes, in fact, most Iranians are uh, not enemies of the church anymore. The government is, which is funny enough. A couple of days ago, the government of Iran posted something of me, my picture, and he was saying "Mohrey Shaitan," meaning. Uh, one of the key leaders that is satanic. <laughs> and then he explained something about me that this guy doesn't know anything, <laughs> but many people are following him and uh, they are to be careful because he's deceiving them. And so I was so happy actually when I got that post from a friend. But anyways, uh, when we share the good news, I still am an old school. I believe that we need to share the powerful message of the gospel in a very simple form, the way it is that, hey, Jesus loves you. There is a way of salvation. And hey, at the same time, here is a gift to you. It's a sign of love. And I really believe by giving, by prayer, by teaching, the Iranian world can change, which is the reason that it is number one fastest growing church in the world. But I'm so thankful that through our teams in Turkey and in Iran, God is doing things beyond my, not only my imagination, but my faith also, I didn't believe in these things, that God can use me, our ministry, for these things. But He is doing amazing things beyond understanding. That's why all the credit goes to Him. There's no uh, spot for pride because He is doer. He's just using us. Awesome. So, yeah, I just want to tell all of our viewers out there that um, Send Me Out Ministries uh, sendmeout.org is his website. And there's actually some videos there that you would want to go check out. Um, one of them is a song that Gilbert wrote uh, called Send Me Out, which is a really fantastic video. We'd love for you to watch that. And then there's also a video highlighting more of his work in Turkey and some of the things that are happening there. So I definitely want to encourage you to go to sendmeout.org uh, to find out more about Gilbert's ministry. And as we're as you get a chance to do that after this uh, webinar, uh, I definitely want you to be encouraged to support his ministry. He is a dear partner of ours, and he's done so many things uh, to help meet the needs of people inside of Iran and to provide powerful ministry opportunities for them as well. So Gilbert, I want to ask you a little bit more about your worship ministry and specifically what that looks like. Um, I know you've done TV programs with us for that. And um, one interesting point to me is we've heard so many testimonies and even people that work for us now who have 
come out of a Muslim background and they never experienced any kind of worship uh, before. Mm -hmm. And when they saw worship for the very first time, it was just such an impact for them. It was so powerful for them um, that it really changed their life and output. And it's one of the first things that we hear over and over and over again that is opening people up to the uh, gospel. And so we see the guitars in the background <laughs> of your uh, set. You're there in your studio. And we know you do so much uh, for ministry into Iran through music. I just want you to talk a little bit more about your worship ministry and some of the impact that you're seeing there through worship. Yes. When I was uh, in those two years of military service in Iran, I was in an underground church. And we it was 20 of us getting together for worship. And it's over there when I had this passion uh, for worship, when I realized that people want to worship, but they don't have the means. There are not enough songs. There are not good songs. And there are not enough musicians or instrumentals. And uh, my passion, kind of my vision for worship started from my military service time. And uh, as soon as I got out, I started to produce albums. I've done more than, I think, 300 songs so far. And most of them, the instrumental version has been available. And we have a website, Khane Parastesh, where we put all these songs, recorded songs, on the website and people on the ground churches in Iran. They download these songs, they sing along. We have the PowerPoint, the lyrics and chords, everything. And I also mentor so many people myself, individually part of Sydney Out Ministries, worship leaders, because I truly believe not only in the powerful message of the gospel, but when it's presented through songs. Because uh, Iranians are poetic people and they are song lovers. And uh, when we do a conference, maybe 50 people come, whatever country I go to. But when I do a worship concert or an evangelistic concert, 500 to 1,000 people show up every time. Most of them non-believers. Why? Because it's a song. Why? Because there's a band. So there's power. It's like bait. To me, music is more like a bait. I need to use bait to be able to fish. <laughs> We're fishers of men. And it has worked so far, praise God. I, I remember the first uh, live worship show that we did was with um, Mohabbat TV, Heart for Iran. In I, was, I was just going to bring you know? that up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Many yeah. years ago, 2000, I don't know. Two, a long three, time ago. Long time ago. And in that show, uh, which was called Kalamo Parastesh, I asked people to send their lyrics, their uh, poetries, and that I would put a melody on it and I would sing in those live TV programs. I thought maybe 10, 20, 30 would come, but 800 poetries came. From that point on, through our ministries, maybe I've received, I still receive 10 to 20 poems a month. So I have, I don't know, I haven't counted them, but over 1500 or maybe 2000 poetries these are and, poems from these are poems from believers in the country they're sending them to you and they're asking you to turn them into music isn't songs. It? yes exactly and i've done 300 of them and i'm doing more of them maybe once or twice a month i do a new song and i send it to the person that has actually written it and they sing it in iran most of them in iran and turkey some of them and then we put it on these websites for people to be able to uh, learn. And so my, my worship ministry, I never thought that I would be a worship leader. I just wanted to provide songs. I just wanted to bring people into God's presence. And I just became a worship leader. And it's been a great journey and it's continuing. And yes, God has been so good. And I also did an English album later which I would want to encourage uh, viewers, American viewers, to listen to that album, Send Me Out. It's on iTunes and everywhere else, too. But those are mainly the songs that are connected to my uh, life story, like Send Me Out, like I Forgive You. I wrote a song to my enemies saying, I forgive you for all that you've done. I forgive you. Even though the pain is not gone, the scars are there, but I forgive you. And I'm sure... I hope it will be a blessing to many. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Let, COVID, uh, let's talk about COVID now. Let's talk about 
um, what you have gone through. You gave us permission to share with our audience that you just went through um, a, a you know season of, of getting COVID. And your family also went through this as well. Um, again, I want to mention that you gave us permission to share this because this yes. is private information. Um, COVID has been devastating for so many people. Uh, you mentioned that during 2020, especially during the COVID shutdowns and lockdowns, you, there was more ministry and your ministry grew because you were more intentional. For those people who are watching this program are dealing with COVID, um, there could be fear, there could be disinformation, and some of them may have lost loved ones. Uh, I personally know of some of the family members that I have lost due to COVID. What would you say, what would be your message for somebody who just last week came out of COVID? Um, what kind of a hope can you give them? Just just take a minute and just share with them maybe your struggle, your challenge, and, and just uh, what God uh, spoke to you and how God prepared you to go through this challenge yes um it's been 20 days that i've had covid uh and it's been a couple of days that i'm okay back to normal but the first two weeks uh it was extremely hard uh, for me it was a lot of pain and nausea i can still take the pain just like many people but the nausea i can't because it was so annoying uh, you just want to throw up constantly, which I did a couple of times, but most of the times it's just that feeling of nausea. It doesn't go away. And I had pneumonia as well. I had shortness of breath. In fact, in, at one point, even though I'm a very relaxed person overall, but at one point, because of the shortness of breath, I guess I was afraid so much that I had uh, hyperventilation. And I started to kind of scream and shout to a point that my wife called 911. They took me to hospital. And they didn't hold me there because they said we didn't have a space. But overall, it's been a very hard two weeks that I had. And I know those that are going through COVID, well, some of them are not as painful, like my wife and my daughter. I have three daughters, by the way. It's me and four ladies in the house. <laughs> a house full of emotion and beauty. <laughs> Blessings. <laughs> my older one, uh, Jessica, who is 12 years old, uh, and my wife, they got COVID from me, but theirs was not as bad. But anyways, uh, mine was very, very painful. So I understand those who are going through this and they have fears. It's completely understandable. But I uh, want to encourage you to be strong because I learned lessons. I experienced things in the COVID time that um, now when I look back, I'm thankful for COVID. Uh, for example, I, I knew the gospel, of course, but in that COVID time, one of the thoughts constantly was, God, I will never take this COVID for any of my friends. <laughs> I have many good friends like you guys, but honestly, I'm being extremely honest. If I had the choice, I would not take your COVID on me because it's very painful. It's very bad. But Jesus, <laughs> even though I was enemy, but you took much more than COVID for me. Mm. All the sins, all the pain, which wow. is million times worse than this but he took it for me so i don't know during this covid time god's love has been uh exposed and revealed to me in a very fresh way uh, which has been a blessing and because of the covid i uh, my heart was got my, my heart got a little bigger i i tried to understand more people those who are going through maybe depression pain suffering, loneliness, so many other things that this COVID kind of just started the thing in me that there is pain in the world and Amen. I need to understand people. I need to hear them. I need to be with them, which is the reason that actually I connect this to so many uh, who are in COVID in Turkey mainly. That's my main uh, point of ministry right now because there's so many Iranians and refugees and Muslims there. But yeah, um, once again, Romans 8, 28, God can do great things Amen. through the worst things. Amen. Wow. Thanks, Gilbert, for sharing that. And uh, I'm uh, just encouraged by you and your life, your story, uh, everything about that, the show that, you know, God is with us, even in these difficult times. 
Um, and we hear that over and over again. So just blessings to you. And we just love you and appreciate your friendship. We are getting some questions from the live group. Again, if you're watching us on the live group, um, please send us your questions. We're happy to give those to Gilbert right now. Um, but specifically, one of the call, one of the viewers is asking about your team inside of Iran. You mentioned the team inside of Iran and their ability to go out and be among people and share the gospel. And the question has to do with security. Um, how do they feel safe to start a conversation about Christ with someone that they meet on the street? Uh, do they do something to vet the people to make sure that the, they feel you know comfortable with this person or give us some feedback on, you know, what's it like for a person inside mm. of Iran going out there and risking themselves uh, to do street ministry? Yes. Uh, well, we don't take Bibles with us. They don't take Bibles with them at all. And even if those individuals come to Christ, they never uh, bring them to church for many months. They just get together in parks and public places. And in fact, uh, these 12 individuals, when they go to share the gospel, they go to the places like mosques where people are searching God. Uh, and that's that has been the success point. Now we have close to 4,000 people that have said yes to Jesus. Most of them are still not attending church for security reasons, but they get together in parks, and the ministry team has to uh, memorize the uh, gospel, at least one of the gospels. Usually it's the gospel of John that they are memorized. From A to Z, they have to memorize Okay. Um, and then some epistles as well, so that they will share. But the, the way we do things is through DMM. It's called Disciple Making Method, and uh, it's stories. It's, it's, it's 28 stories. And, for example, this guy, one of these 12, they go to a mosque, and they see people are there, and they're crying, crying they're asking God for help. And this guy says, help. Hey, my name is Ali, and I was searching God, and I had a lot of problems. And I see that you're crying and in tears. Uh, can I help you with something? Can I share a story with you that helped me so much? And the guy, if he's desperate to know God, to find God, he says yes. Then this friend, Ali, says that, okay, you have to give me an hour a week for this purpose. I don't want anything from you, just an hour a week. Are you ready? He's like, okay. Then for an hour, he shares a story. We have 28 stories. The first story is the creation story. And until the 13th story, we, when we get to Jesus, there's, there's no Jesus name. So for 13 sessions, which is almost three months, there's no name of Jesus. They just share a story. Hey, there was a creation. God created everything in seven days, blah, 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 blah. And then they have to say, what did you learn from this story? Then the guy has to explain so that we make sure that they hear then second thing is that how can you apply something that you learned from this story in your life? Third thing, you have to go and share this story with somebody else. And wow. that's how they kind of show if they are interested to continue, if they are um, committed. And in a way, most of them are doing evangelism without knowing that they are doing evangelism. Most of them, when they come to the 13th session, when they know all of these stories, then it's Abraham, Moses, so many stories like that, that we connect these together. When they come to the story of Jesus, automatically, of course, the Holy Spirit convicts them and makes them understand. But they realize, oh, wait a minute. This is, this is the plan of God, story of Moses, everything. And now Jesus, salvation. Okay, now I get it. It's not like, hey, you have, Jesus loves you. You have to come to Christ, repent of your sins. He'll forgive you. It's not like that. It's a process, longer process. And in this process, they become friends. And uh, that's, and plus, even if they are spies or whatever, they have nothing to get our guys in trouble because there's no Bible. It's just stories. Oh, I shared some stories, cool stories. Wow. <laughs> I want to talk to you about, I want to tell our audience, again, this program is being uh, broadcasted live. Join us, ask us questions that you may have. Uh, Gilbert is an adventurous guy, in case you guys, uh, our audience, uh, haven't noticed. Uh, I'll talk about three adventures that he's done. Number one, uh, he used to go surfing. In fact, uh, one time I saw him with, um, you almost broke your ribs and you broke your spine in, one of, in, in a surfing accident. I'll never forget that, Gilbert. 
second one was um, he loved to get on his motorcycle years ago. He had an accident, and we all gathered together and we prayed for him. The third adventure is he joined Hearts for Iran. And he has been, he has been on Wahabat TV for years. Thankfully, there hasn't been any kind of a bad story happening, right? Gilbert, you want to tell our audience? <laughs> so, um, you know, time is limited, and we're talking about your adventures. Why don't you tell our audience about the adventure of uh, your partnership with Hearts for Iran and Mahabat TV? I, it, it just helps because we want to tell our audience what it is that we do with people like you. The, the heroes of Hearts for Iran are people like Gilbert, folks, uh, are partners. Um, we're just a platform to bring people together. But the true heroes are people like Gilbert. Uh, so uh, it, it is an adventure for us as well. We love you. But tell our audience a little bit about the adventure of you being with Hearts for Iran and Mahabat TV and how that feels like and what you say to them. Yes. Well, first of all, the manager, um, Edwin, <laughs> who is managing the studio, he came to Christ through me in those years of persecution. <laughs> that's right. Wow. <laughs> and I'm so excited. So that's why from the very beginning, I've had a very, very special connection with Hearts for Iran because one of the managers, one of the main guys is been my fruit of ministry and evangelism. Um, from day one when Muhappet started, Heart for Yon started, I was involved. I was privileged to start. Maybe one of the reasons was that we didn't have many worship leaders back then, and you were desperate to take me, but... <laughs> but I was honored to be taken and to be on TV. And I, uh, in a way, now... Every believer probably knows me. Every Persian believer knows me because both in teaching and preaching and in worship and songs, I'm very much involved. And it's because of Mahapat TV. The knowledge is not important at all, but when they know you, uh, then, and if they love you, which is the reason that I crack a lot of jokes, like the joke that I love, let me just crack this joke. This guy lived uh, very close to the freeway, and they asked him, aren't you bothered by the noises in the freeway? Have they affected you in, a, in any way because you live so close to the freeway? He says, no. <laughs> he thought he was not affected by We got it, we got it. <laughs> so... Uh, By the way, Crit, uh, uh, one of our uh, colleagues, uh, he also has uh, funny jokes too. And he says those jokes. Sometimes, guys, it goes over my head. First time I heard that joke from you, I'm like, what was that? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I finally got it. Okay. Go <laughs> so I believe when people laugh, they listen. And uh, Heart for Iran was a great um, platform for me to be able to share things with people, be very, very real, because I believe in the reality, not only the truth of God, but also the reality that we bring. So uh, all of those mixed with songs and the powerful message of the gospel with some jokes that people laugh, uh, then they listen to you. Uh, then uh, I've had, I don't know, once again, I don't want to give numbers, but many, many, many people have come to Christ through live TV programs that I've done with Mahapat TV over the years. I still am involved with Mahapat TV, Art for Iran, and I'm just excited about it. And I remember I have many, many stories, like because when I pray in the mornings, I, I like to go outside and walk and pray. And I've had maybe four or five times that I've been walking in the street and a car comes and parks and runs to me, hugs me. And most of them had tears and they were saying, hey, we came to Christ through you when you were sharing the gospel on Mahapat TV many, many years ago. At that time, we were in Iran, and then we heard the gospel. We also had some laugh. And then later, we came to Christ through you, and it's a miracle that we see you. Some of them were friends with those individuals. But I went to uh, Turkey uh, eight years ago. I remember this is very interesting. And I was on this uh, boat, very large boat, more of a ship, maybe 300 people on this boat. And we were going to this little island in Turkey, and it was not for ministry, it was the last day of ministry there, so I thought, I'll just do something fun with my friend, and as we were on that ship, we saw two Iranians, I'm like, you know what, we can't just not share the gospel with them, they are Iranians, I, I can hear them speaking Farsi, one of them had come from America to Turkey, the other one had come from Iran to Turkey, they were two friends, 
they were there for two weeks to just have fun together. So we went there to share the gospel, and the guy's like, started to shout. He's like, I know you, I know you, this is Gilbert. And he started to hit himself. <laughs> and his other friend who was from America is like, who is he? He's like, he's a friend of Jesus. <laughs> wow. <a> good title. <laughs> and uh, we had a great uh, time and opportunity to uh, share more. And he's like, my father is an extremist, um, mm. is Islamic extremist, fanatic Muslim. And when he's home, I can't watch the TV. But when he's not... I'm watching Mahabat TV, and most of the times you're there and you're singing and you're sharing in a very simple form that I can kind of understand, and I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. Now that you hear this is a godly thing. And over there on that boat, he gave his heart to Christ, and later he wrote me that some of his cousins also came to Christ through it. And it's been amazing. I mean, these are some of the fruits that God allowed me to see through Heart of Heart for Iran and through my pet TV, but I'm sure in heaven I'll see thousands of these individuals that have come to Christ or were believers and have been raised in their faith and in Christ because wow. of what my pet is doing. Gilbert, it's always just such a blessing and uh, honor to be with you and the friendship. And so I really hope that uh, as we're wrapping this up, I hope our audience has really appreciated this chance to get to know you. And so I want to say and encourage them, of course, to go to Send Me Out Ministry or well, sendmeout.org, which is the Send Me Out Ministries website where they can continue to find out more about you. Uh, they can watch some of these videos you've created. Um, they can find out more about the ministry opportunities in Turkey and the worship that you're doing um, and just really continue to get to know you. You are a valued and dear partner for us. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, we hope you don't have any more accidents or sicknesses or anything, <laughs> but we will always pray for you no matter what. So uh, we're thankful for you in, in so many Thank ways. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I think our audience wants to know, there is a question on here. People want to know, how can they pray specifically for your ministry, whether it's the ministry inside of Iran, uh, the ministry in Turkey, uh, your worship ministry, the songs that you're doing, uh, any of that stuff. Please tell our audience how they can pray for you uh, in these last yes. <clears throat> Thank you so much for that. Um, you know, especially in 2020, when God gave me much more, uh, much greater vision, I realized that I need two things, which is what I want to ask you to pray for. One is provision. Second is protection. Provision because we really need a uh, budget to do so many of these things that we do. And in fact, this 2021, uh, by God's leading, I won't go into the details how, but it's been very, very clear to me that it was God that was calling me to do this. Me and my wife and three kids were going to go to Turkey for three months uh, to do ministry. Every week we'll be in a city in Turkey and we're planning those things, which is a huge thing and a huge sacrifice for me because I'm also one of the speakers for the Voice of the Martyrs and the worship leader for Voice of the Martyrs advanced conferences, which we do uh, twice uh, every month. And... So many other things that basically me going to Turkey for three months and doing nothing in America is bad in every way, uh, human-wise. But I just want to obey and thank God for my wife that she's with me on this. And uh, she's seen how God clearly spoke to us about this and she's supporting me. We want to go, but of course, we need a lot of money to do that. It's a step of faith that I've taken and I'm planning, but we need provision for that. And for the ministries that we are already doing in Turkey, uh, we kind of ran out of budget uh, and we've stopped for almost three weeks now. We again need uh, to raise some funds for that in Turkey. Uh, so that's number one thing. Number two is protection. Even though our guys inside of Yvonne are very, very careful, but lately something's happened that uh, two of them were arrested, even though nothing happened. They didn't have anything against them. They let them go. But that fear kind of um, has been there the last couple of weeks. Mm. And uh, we need to pray for protection for those people, please. Amen. Um, for our audience, uh, 
Gilbert is doing an amazing job in, in Turkey uh, with his ministry. I uh, wanted to let you know that a lot of refugees in Turkey, they don't have insurance. They don't have the basic amenities and utilities that we all have and we enjoy. They're suffering. And during the COVID story, their story is really uh, not being heard that much. So uh, we are just, as hard for Iran, we are very grateful to um, Gilbert and his ministry. Please uh, lend a hand of support and blessing, financially blessing. Go to his website and, and uh, you know, invest a seed of a blessing into his ministry and what he's doing. Uh, again, it is a sacrifice for him to do that. Now, uh, Gilbert, while you're here, uh, I wanted to kind of publicly ask for your commitment, impromptu. Okay, this is, this is something that um, I've, we just wanted to put at your feet. <laughs> We would love to have a worship concert on Zoom, a global worship concert on Zoom, and I invite you to be uh, the, the, the main, uh, the key worship leader on that program. Now, that's going to come up sometime in 2021. We haven't talked to you about this. This is impromptu mm-hmm. right out of the blue, everybody. <laughs> so we wanted to get your commitment. Would that, is that something that if that timing works out for you, you'll be able to join us for an hour and 90 minutes uh, live worship on Zoom for globe for the entire people in the world to to be able to just join you and worship our Father. If if it was maybe somebody else, I would maybe say no, based on so many business that I have. But since I love David and I love you so much, I love Heart for Iran, and I really believe in what you're doing, and I've been part of it. Definitely, the answer is yes. I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> People, stay tuned. We will soon let you guys know. Remember, every month we get in together. Go to our website. Find out who we are. You may not even know the scope of what we do at Heart for Iran. But it's not about us. It's about Jesus. We want to bring, again, the light of Jesus to the world. That is why this year we, we have tagged this year to be a light to the nations. It's all about Jesus. And then we work with amazing, amazing ministries like Send Me Out Ministries, people like Gilbert and others. So we will have a date for worship concert <laughs> on Zoom for you guys. Hopefully by the next webinar, be sure to join us. Maybe, David, you could tell our friends what the date will be for the next webinar as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you, Gilbert. That's a great, I'm glad Mike asked that. Usually he makes me put the pressure on people, (laughs) but I'm glad he took the lead on that one. But actually one of our viewers had uh, asked that as a question, is there ever an opportunity to do a global worship concert like that through Zoom? So I'm thankful for the question. I'm thankful for Mike asking. I'm thankful for you saying yes. Uh, That would be fantastic. Our next webinar is going to be coming up um, February 26th. And then we will also have one March 26th um, where we're going to have more guests like Gilbert and people like that. So definitely follow us on harfreeron.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook, continue to watch us. And we, we want to bring you more information, talking to all the viewers out there. We want to bring you more information like this and introduce you to our friends and people that are blessing us so much, uh, people like Gilbert. So we're really uh, honored to do that. And then we will get you a date. Uh, if you're watching this and you're curious, so when is this global uh, concert going to happen? We will work that out with Gilbert and we will get that date uh, for you. And um, I'm hoping, we haven't talked about this yet, of course, but I'm hoping we're going to have pieces of that in English as well as Farsi. Uh, so if, if you're an English viewer and you want to be a part of that, there will be something for you. If you're uh, one of our Iranian friends and you want to watch this or promote it, there'll be something for you as well. And I think it'll be an amazing uh, night and opportunity for us all to be together. So um, as we are wrapping this up, we just want to uh, encourage our viewers to pray for Gilbert. We want to encourage you to give, go to his website and use the donate link. We also have a uh, link on our website um, where you can actually make a gift to Gilbert through that. So if you want to do that direction, that's fine as well. Um, the link is being shown right now and I'll also be in the chat. Uh, so we want, you know, we just want to bless you as our viewers and we want to bless our ministry partners. We are all in this together. If it's not for sustainers mm-hmm. and donors and people that are giving into ministries like Gilbert's, we wouldn't have a platform. And if it wasn't for people like you that are giving into Heart Free Ron, we wouldn't have a platform and we wouldn't all be able to be a part of such an amazing opportunity opportunity and ministry that's happening inside of Iran. So I just want to be thankful for all of our viewers. Please be in touch with us. Stay with us. 
continue to watch our webinars and join us through social media and uh, be a blessing. Mike, you want to close this out? Absolutely. Uh, with a short, quick prayer. Father, we bless Gilbert and his family and uh, also his brother Joseph uh, and Andre and his sisters. Lord, we pray that you would expand their territory and find your favor over them. We pray for provisions and also, Lord, for protection. We join him to pray for those uh, and his ministry. Uh, and we give you honor and glory. Amen. Gilbert, before we close, we have about 30 seconds left. In 30 seconds, if you want to share something with the audience, please go ahead, Andrews. Uh, I just want to thank you for who you are. And not only for what you do, but for who you are. I just want to encourage you to understand who you are in Christ, that identity that God has given you and just enjoy. And in result of that, do whatever God has called you to do uh, to glorify Him. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. Amen. Well, God bless you all. And uh, we'll see you again next webinar. Thanks again, Gilbert. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye-bye.